jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! Boy, what a week, huh? Uh... <laughs> Nothing's happened, you know, just like, you know, we're all debating how we feel about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and there's nothing else of note to discuss. Yeah. Uh, I hope everybody is doing well. For real. It it just brought all these feelings that have come and gone for the last few years, I guess, where it's like, ugh, do I want to do a show this week? I don't know. But I think ultimately it is okay to have diversions mm-hmm. it is okay to want a diversion it is okay to provide a diversion that's all mm-hmm. so that was my uh, little uh discussion with myself i had this week so in the mirror in the mirror <laughs> yeah <laughs> before your mirror self grabbed you by the hair and started to hit you into the glass mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah well i really appreciate that and i think that's really important to hear i think this is really easy to shame on the internet about like even trying to like find a reason to laugh or find a distraction right um and so i think also it's a form of uh, i hate the term just because it sounds silly to me and i hate hyphens but it's a form of self-care right to be able to step away from the sheer doomsday and to try to find something (laughs) livable and workable in this very unlivable unworkable world which uh is very in a state of unrest being aware of things etc cetera, etc cetera, but also like we're a horror movie podcast and so i just think it's okay <laughs> if we don't fully engage and have to have some big statement about things necessarily and you know what i mean i don't know i'm done having statements about things i don't know about you <laughs> i'm not trying to be cavalier i'm just I think we're all dealing with it in certain ways, and I don't think we can put expectations on each other. Mm-mm. No, just get through it as best you can. It's really, it's really wild to have this. Uh, not to get like too real, but it is really nuts to go. Uh, we have been hurtling forward in time the last several years, and perhaps that's just the experience of getting older and acclimating to the passing of time and the seasons, but. It feels as though we are hurtling through time and things are just getting more and more out of control. And yet simultaneously this week has also felt me shifting backwards in time where I feel as though suddenly I'm experiencing fears and feelings that I haven't experienced since like childhood uh, in terms of like what what's happening over in, in Europe and in Russia and Ukraine. It's like it feels like I just I'm suddenly having those Terminator 2 feelings again when i was a kid and i was terrified of nuclear war coming right off of you know the end of the cold war and it still was such a still felt like such a built-in ingrained specifically american uh, atomic age fear and to have not felt that for a long time yeah it uh it definitely brings up a lot of childhood uh 
I mean, the Cold War is very much alive. Yeah. You know, during my childhood. I mean, where I live, where I grew up, they tested the warning sirens, like, I don't know, oh, every God. week, every other week. Like, like this Silent is, Hill? Yeah, like, this is just oh. something I grew up with. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's 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 so weird because I'll get those feelings again, or then I see the, I mean, what's happening in Texas or the Florida, the don't say gay bill mm-hmm. um, that went through the house there, and it just, I have flashbacks to when I was in, I was in, oh my gosh, was I in middle school or was I just a freshman in high school? But there was a bill that went through, that was going through, that was being voted on, because the rights of human beings are something that other human beings should be able to vote on, right? Well, sure. Instead of just being agreed upon <laughs> as, <laughs> as con- not conditional to one's existence. Um, but there was a bill that was exact same where there was no, there was, it was it would be illegal to in any way positively reference, homo- ref- make, make, make reference to homosexuality. Uh, you couldn't like so a student couldn't go to a counselor in school and say I'm gay and blah 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 and get help. The counselor would just have to say, "Oh well, we can't condone any of this and talk or talk about it." And the fact that decades later, multiple decades later, this is now going through the Texas, the Florida House. It's just okay. Well, we're back. <laughs> everything new. Everything everything old is new again. So yeah. Well, people love nostalgia, right? Now they're getting yeah. a little taste of it. Welcome back to the Cold War. Yeah, all your old favorites <laughs> are back. Freddy. Well, not Freddy. Not, or Jason. Michael. <laughs> Leatherface. Chucky. Uh, anti-gay bills. Nuclear war. <laughs> it's all back. So uh, I'm sure we're all having a time. Yeah. Uh, as our lives are... I'm just tired of like my stress level being kind of dictated i mean you have a control over it to a certain extent you can do things to mitigate it but it's like i'm tired of these like power hungry men in the world who are just like in control of my stress levels you know what i mean man man oh man man. (laughs) it's just like on a most the most basic level it's so annoying the first day of the invasion seeing that happen and i'm just like that that college uh feminist (laughs) (laughs) inside me right who guides me at all times she was in there just like these fucking men with their little tiny egos Mm -hmm. or giant egos you know trying to it's just all pissing fights and it's so exhausting and i keep my valerie solanus has been flaring up full force again just imagining a world of groovy freewheeling females <laughs> calling the shots as she wrote i just i feel like it's it's annoying also be, i mean annoying is such a mild word for it but it's it's frustrating because it it feels like okay where do i donate money now is part of it like that's what i could do and what else can i do I guess I'll make a zine. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be too much of a downer here in our upfronts, but it's like, just everybody take care of yourselves. Yeah. Uh, however you do that. Start a scrapbook or something. Yeah. yeah. I Absolutely. Scrapbooking is the answer. And... Is scrap- scrapbooking... <laughs> 
is scrapbooking just like corporatized zine making? Yes. Michael's Crafts decided they could sell all the scrapbooking things and then somebody could be like a scrapbook influencer and all of this. And it's like people were doing that with just a Xerox machine and a glue stick. Yep. Yeah, my sister was a creative memories consultant. Which MLM? <laughs> Absolutely. You set up your consultants, and then you have scrapbooking parties, and then they become consultants, and then all you do is you buy the scrapbooking, you buy all the different variety of the Fisker scissors. You get the scissors with the mustache shape. You get the scissors with the squiggly line. You get the scissors, scissors with the jagged edge. And that you can use to buy your pre-bought, you can uh, alter your pre-bought page borders with the scissors <laughs> and create nice little shapes and stuff. Or you could outline your photos with them. And then you get certain stickers, but you have to make sure to get the right acid-free stickers. And for twenty nine ninety five, you can get extra special, extra acid, acid-free, free pages <laughs> and page covers. <laughs> Stacy, I could sign you up. I've, apparently, you can. You know the whole spiel. <laughs> As we said, we are a horror movie podcast. Oh, right! <laughs> and we're talking about World War Three and scrapbooking. But listen, there were still the the hallmarks of uh, you know the heralds of the gay lords in there. There was there was there were housewives and <laughs> and MLMs. Yeah. So it's still topical. Sure. But well, today, today, I mean, the movie we're going to talk about is not contentious, not like last week with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which everybody has an opinion on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, whether you are pro or con, whether you're one of the four people who liked it. Like us. Yeah, there's literally four other people. Yeah. Or the many, many people who did not like it. Everybody chiming in on Texas Chainsaw so much to the point and reading so many comments on our stuff, which I, I do enjoy. Um, all of our social medias, people left comments about our episode or about the movie itself or whatever. But there's so much discourse about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that I had a fucking dream that... The band Rush actually had to put out a tweet about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What? Yeah. So, unfortunately, Wait. to the best of my knowledge, they did not. I know at least one of them is dead, so. You'd think... Well, they resurrected him for yeah, this. for his opinion. So, in how your brain, your subconscious digests this information, it creates a scenario in which classic rock band Rush <laughs> issues a, state, a formal statement on Twitter? Yeah, they were like, here's a, here's what we think. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I, it, honestly, the way horror fandom goes this, these days, it might as well come to that. Yeah. Love Rush. Love Rush, they're great. I mm-hmm. Listen, I, I popped an edible and I watched it for the second time and I thought it was the most incredible movie I'd ever seen. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, you and Rush are on the same page. <laughs> Thank you. Or at least my imaginary dream rush. I do love that in your dream rush also <laughs> stands yeah. for the film. <laughs> like, thank goodness. I'd hate to unstand Rush. Here's what I have to say. I love it. I still am so mad that Sally dies and isn't so little of it, but I love her. Mm-hmm. And 
I am convinced that this movie, if it gets a sequel and it's the same director, if Leatherface is still alive, Sally can still be alive. And who is left in the town except Sally Hardesty, and this time it can be like the last 20 minutes of H2O, but the entire movie, and it's just Leatherface and Sally beating the shit out of each other. And that's all I want. So hear my call. I need to see Septuagenarian uh, Battle Royale in Texas. Oh. Well, don't get my hopes up. Mm-hmm. She emerges from the... Oh, you see a hand emerge from the trash bags. <laughs> it's like the end of The Descent. Yeah. It's all like garbage bags. Yeah, she takes an <laughs> elevator to Leatherface's house. <laughs> now you're talking. <laughs> but we're not talking about that movie. No, unfortunately. No. Unfortunately not. Today, we're talking about a little movie called Alice, Sweet Alice. Wow. 1976. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. This is, um, this movie is, I think, overdue for our show. And I don't think I realized how overdue it was until I was watching it. I similarly like it. I don't know that I love it, but I'm really impressed by a lot of things in it. And I really aesthetically just love this film. Even though I said I didn't know that I loved it, but aesthetically I do. And this has been kind of, I guess, in the same way that we haven't talked about it, this this movie has been sort of neglected in my consciousness. I think the last time I saw it was like 15 years ago. And this might as well have been a, a first-time watch for me, because I just did not remember much except the beginning. Yeah, as a fan, though. Yeah, it's one of the first movies I ever, I say review, but that seems too strong, reviewed on Final Girl. When the reviews were like an excruciatingly detailed plot recap. Oh, wow. And then at the end, it was like, I liked it. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like back in those days. So I watched it on VHS. And then I didn't watch it for a really long time. And then a couple of years ago, like two years ago or something, at the local like movie slash record store. They had a copy of the Anchor Bay DVD that came out. I don't know when that came out. But there was no case. It was just in a plain white envelope. And the clerk had had written on the envelope, Great movie. Really underrated. And it was only 50 cents. So I said, you know what? It's time to upgrade from my VHS. I love that. Is it underrated? I don't think it's underrated. I think it's underseen, but I think people who have seen it, I mean, I mean, I do think it's something of a classic, even just the the way Absolutely. The, the killer's ensemble. Oh, iconic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's the thing too, is it's like when I refer, when I was talking about it, like, I'm like, I feel it was neglected by me. And it's absolutely, I think this movie is really having a moment, especially now. R.I.P. Alfred Soul just died, what, last week? Yeah, R.I.P. Alfred Soul. And then, and then it just got the arrow treatment. Um, I just got this, the fancy, beautiful soundtrack from, I think, Waxwork. Uh, this movie is having a moment. And rightfully so. It's so, it's gorgeous. It's, um... <laughs> Very uh, unique in what it does. It's mean. It's very mean. It's sleazy. Um, Watching it, I'm always... I've seen it not that many times. Maybe a handful of times. 
But it's always kind of lumped in with slashers. Mm-hmm. Which it kind of is. It kind of is. It's a bit of a proto-slasher. I mean, it came out in 1976. Yes. Um, but I think it has more in line with Giallo. Yes. And even it feels almost just like a psychological thriller in a way. The body count is super duper low. Yeah, so like four, three or four people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got a killer with, yes, the iconic look. Uh, mm-hmm. If you've... <laughs> you Google Alice, Sweet Alice. If you haven't seen this, you probably should see... I mean, I don't know. It's... Uh, should you see it before you hear us talk about it? I don't know. Maybe. If you want to be surprised by the surprising things that happen in this classic film, then yes, you should turn this off and educate yourself. Um, but you've seen the killer in this with the yellow rain slicker Absolutely. and that, that semi translucent mask. It's just unnerving. It's just so good. It's a testament to simplicity. The simplicity. Uh, I mean, look at. I mean, what the next? I think in terms of this movie being attributed uh, or called slasher, a huge part of that. I mean, yes, there are a few stalking sequences and murders but the biggest component to that is this outfit and the 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 sort of creation or institution of a killer in a mask yeah mask and a butcher knife yeah which i i mean leatherface probably also played a role in that i mean he had a mask but it's sort of different and then there's this and then next you get halloween which also testament to simplicity coveralls and a white william shatner mask like or friday the 13th like uh 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 a hockey mask or a bag on a head, if if anything, if a ha- if not just a hand. But yeah, this is absolutely more. It feels more like deep red to me, or just something. I mean, all the way down to the animal abuse in the film. I know that's the my only issue with this movie, honestly. Any time a film from the seventies or earlier, oh, any time I see an animal on screen, I get nervous. <laughs> it's like, oh. Something is probably going to happen to the animal because things always happen to animals. And given the time period, whatever happens is going to... And you just have to say, well, it already happened. And fuck, it will never happen again. But this movie is really... I think what prevents me from loving it is that it's just so repellent in so many ways. It's, like you said, it's really sleazy... It's mean. It's just kind of, it's about, a lot of it I think is about dysfunction. And so there's just relentless dysfunction from beginning to end. And it's just not pleasurable to engage with. Yeah. I think, I do think though, it's not, it's not like a nihilistic film. No, 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 no. That none of, it's not repellent without reason. It's really actually kind of interesting. I like... Coming off of, I think last week we talked about Texas Chainsaw coming out of the 70s in Vietnam and the disillusionment of Americana. And then in this, in 76, you it, we're even deeper in that. And in this, this film is about, yeah, the disillusionment and the fa- the breakdown of the American family, also like Texas Chainsaw. But now they're indicting religion and Catholicism and... And, and and there's some bad seed kind of you can't even trust your children uh, themes coming up in here. And your landlord is going to be a fucking creep. And, and you can't even trust the sweet old lady who works at the church. Right. Like it's... Yeah, you can't trust the church. You can't trust the cops. You can't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. Especially not if you're Brooke Shields. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I met her at a dog park when I lived in New York. She's very Wait, nice. Wait, what? She's very nice. Yeah. Wow. She, she went to the same dog park that I used to take dogs to when I was a, a dog walker. Did you just pretend you didn't know she was Brooke Shields? Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. How were the eyebrows in person? <laughs> Not as bold as you would think. Really? Perhaps because she's older now. Oh, yeah. But still recognizably Brooke Shields. She probably, like, you know, has to, like, darken them and style them. You know, she does, like, has her, her <laughs> eyebrow stylist that, like, touches them up for, for camera. I should have asked. <laughs> you really should have. Yeah. So, so about your eyebrow um, yeah. Do you have a, routine. Like a glam squad for your eyebrows. <laughs> anyway, yes, I don't think that this movie is mean, but it's not like the kind of mean. It's like it's talking about all of these things and indicting these things rather than being cruel to the characters, I think. Well, like, look, that's the difference between looking at another 70s film. Like, that's the difference between this and, like, um, I mean, very different movie, like Death Game, where it's just the sleaze and meanness and gross and look at how awful these women are. And now we're going to kill them. <laughs> we're going to hit them with this van and they're dead and everything's better. Or, like, another movie that, like, uh, I don't know if you saw his name, Assistant Camera and Special Effects in this movie, William Lustig. Mm-hmm. Uh, director of Maniac, which came yeah. out in uh, 1980, which oh, I'm is so afraid. Maniac is good. I mean, it's tough, but it's a good movie though. We're gonna have to do it at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just so afraid. It's like that and like New York Ripper. I'm terrified to watch. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's also a. Th- I mean, if we talk about sleaze and meanness, this is also. There, there, all those films that we just talked about are all linked in the New York connection too. There's something about like that New York horror film from the '70s, '80s that just always has this vibe. It's like the cockroaches and the trash, <laughs> just like have infused the film. Yeah, well, I mean, look at New York in that era. I mean, look at America in that era. You know, like we, like you said, we talked about it a little bit last week. But it's like Vietnam. There was civil unrest. You know, I'm finally reading that fucking book about Patty Hearst that I bought. Oh, cool. Uh, you know, Watergate. The economy was fucked. People were waiting online for hours to buy gasoline. It's like the United States was in a terrible place in the early to mid to late 70s. And then you had, you know, Ronald Reagan fucking swept in and was like, we're going to get back to the old days and we're going to have law and order. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have movies like this. This movie, Alice Sweet Alice, was shot and takes place, first of all, in the 1960s, but it feels very 70s. Oh, it does take place in the 60s? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even realize. Uh, yeah, if you look at all the cars and the hairstyles and all that, it's like, Oh, that yeah. makes more sense with the women's styling, especially. Yeah. And so it's taking all of those sort of new yorkish sentiments and just putting them in the suburbs and being like yeah. even even families in suburbs are fucked and a community like this that relies so much on the church and everybody has to go to church and you get your communion which is the alternate title for this film right uh, <clears throat> um you listen to the priest and the priest comes over for dinner and all of that and alice sweet alice is like there's no like the church isn't gonna save you from all of these ills in the country right now you know, the police in this film are 
fairly inept at best, uh, if not downright hostile. They're misogynist, disgusting, talking about how a woman who was just stabbed was maybe making eyes at the cop like she wanted him to fuck her. They've got nudie pictures on the walls in the detective agencies. It's like all of the institutions that we're supposed to turn to for protection and comfort in all of this are worthless. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is also very... Yeah, another uh, Dress to Kill, New York, 1980. Nancy Allen having to deal with the shitty cops. Yeah. Man, the 70s were better. (laughs) (laughs) Just the distrust and disillusionment and just the honesty about how broken everything was. It'll be interesting to see if if any of that shows up in our media (laughs) this coming decade. Well, here's the thing, is that I, I think about it in in light of some of the Texas Chainsaw discussions that were going on last week, and some of the things that people pick on about it. Like, you don't have to like the movie. It was a, not a great movie. Do you know what no, I mean? No, it's just fun. It's just fun. But I mean, some of the things like that, or when people are like, oh, you're, this is SJW. Why do they hold up their phones and live stream him? Like, first of all, that's what would happen. It's 100% what would happen. So, like, things are happening in films that are going in the future 20 years. People are going to be like, oh, that's what America was like? Mm-hmm. Just like we're doing with Alice Sweet Alice and the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre and all of that. But while we're still living through it... A lot of naysayers, etc. Like, why are you injecting all of this into our horror movies? It's just a horror movie. Why do we have to have influencers? Why do we have to have cell phones? Why do we have to have SJWs? And it's like, because oh, yeah. these, these things are fucking happening in society. And yes, yeah. it can be implemented poorly. It doesn't mean a character is good. But this is what happens in movies. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's scrapbooking. Full circle. <laughs> Full circle, scrapbooking. Yeah, and so I just think that a lot of the talk about movies that are coming out now is going to be so different in the future. If there is a future, uh, it'll be <laughs> so- if there are still people talking about movies in twenty years and not just huddled around a campfire. Yeah. Um. You know, I think we will realize how much of a reflection of our times these movies are. Like uh, having a school shooting victim in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, people are critiquing and critiquing that um, it gets political by bringing in that, by bringing in the gentrification concept. But, like that is literally the the those three things: influencers, the phones, the the threatening with canceling, <laughs> gentrification, and school shootings. Like, what is more American right now? What's more Texas right I now? Don't... Never forget the first time I went to a movie with a friend who was, you know, younger. And we went to, like, the last show, like, random late night last showing of a film. The theater was pretty empty. It was, like, one of those six screen things. And there was, like, nobody in the building or whatever. And they made a note of, like, where the exits were. And I was like, what? And they were just like, I just, I like to know where the exits are in these. And I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, you're younger than me. You grew up where you have to worry about getting. I mean, not that we don't all have to worry in America, especially about getting shot, going to the fucking grocery store or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, I didn't have to worry about school shootings in my day. Yeah. Yeah. There there was just literally just blocks 
from here at a park where I've hosted um, a softball event, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, the last, like, I hosted it two years in a row and at this exact park where there was just a mass shooting last week. And it's like, that is just a thing that is, it, it, the, and our lawmakers do nothing about it because they've been bought by the NRA. And so now it's like, oh, we just accept that this is the norm. And you just live with that, which is when Anthony is on an edible watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the second time, Anthony says, oh, wow, isn't it amazing that the horror is supposed to be the man with the chainsaw and we accept the school shooting as just part of her normal backstory. And we accept it as part of her backstory and we'll complain that they, they had to like force it in there. Yeah. And that that's not the horror. That's fascinating to me. But yeah, it's, people don't like, it's hard. I, I also understand it too, where you can be sick of the modern day and how things have changed. So you don't want to see it in a movie. Yeah, I just want, you an, want, es- to be, I want an escape. You know? Yeah, you want the good times. And, mm-hmm. and I get that even with conversations that, in that, this one's really tricky, but conversations about how do we represent pandemic in media. And like, oh, I don't want to see the pandemic in a movie or in a TV show. And I understand that simultaneously, <laughs> two years in, we're not going to be able to just, and just like that, it where we just pretend that it ended. And now we're dating Che Diaz. Like, <laughs> honestly, who's, who's better off? <laughs> Who will survive? <laughs> what will be left of, what will be left of they them? <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre Reboot Part 2. Texas Chains. Sally Hardesty pops out of the trash bags and then Che Diaz gets off a bus and says, hey, am I late for Harlow? And the leather face shows up. We all know what happens. Three people in the movie. Sally Hardesty, Leatherface, and Che Diaz. No longer Sarah Ramirez, just Che Diaz (laughs) themselves. Yep. Uh, (sighs) Oh, right. Alice Sweet Alice. Alice Sweet Alice. (laughs) I don't know. Somebody puts on the outfit and kills people. (laughs) Surprise! Baby Brooke Shields gets it. In, like, the first ten minutes of this movie, she's gonna go get baby's first communion, and she has the little veil, and she has the little hair, the little hat pins, bobby pins, strapping the veil to her hair, and she's got her little eyebrows, and you can tell that they're gonna grow into something spectacular. (laughs) And then that, everyone's just chilling in the church, and then cut to baby Brooke Shields being fucking strangled. Off in a corner by someone in a something as simple as a yellow raincoat that all the girls wear at St. Michael's. And it's so upsetting. It's brutal. And then she, but she's dead, and then she's dead, and then she gets set on fire. <laughs> yeah, they stuff her in a little box and they set her on fire. And then we have a sequence of just absolute pandemonium and chaos, and it's incredible. <laughs> high melodrama i love the melodrama in this film uh and then the person in raincoats keeps killing people and was it her sister alice sweet alice alice the budding psychopath i love her 
she's supposed to be 12. Actress Paula Shepard was 19. How is that possible? Like, at first she looks like she's eight. And then you're like, oh, this is like a middle school girl. And then you realize she's still an adult. <laughs> yeah, she's full of full adult. Yeah, it's wild. Um, and so, you know, is it Alice who has the slicker, who has the mask, who has a jar full of cockroaches, who is an unpleasant weirdo child? Mm-hmm. Definitely a budding psychopath. Um, is it her? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> But you're you're not sure whether or not it's her, you know. But then uh, it is revealed that the killer is Mrs. Tredoni of the church. Uh, she's a real wackadoo. Yeah, that's it. And it, it all happened because this movie was also, it was released, well, originally as Communion, as you noted. I would propose this movie could also be called Everyone Wants to Fuck Father Tom. Because everyone does, and therefore it activates something in Mr. Tony, and they must all die. She's there to, well, her daughter died on the day of her first communion. Oh, wow. Uh, you see, full circle again. Wow. And so then she was called to the church where she has to take care of Father Tom, and she doesn't like it when other people pay attention to Father Tom, and when Father Tom pays attention to other people, all these whores everywhere! Father Tom! <laughs> So she starts killing people or trying to kill people. She doesn't actually kill that many. Um, she She's really good at clomping, though, in those shoes. Everybody's a clomper. Everybody's a yeller. There's so much yelling in this movie. It's just <laughs> regular conversations are yelled. The aunt, just Annie, just any time that she's just having a breakdown, just screaming, crying. I mean, yeah, she was stabbed. <laughs> but it's great yeah yeah you've got uh, mr alfonso the landlord slash neighbor who oh wow i don't know what's going on uh sexually assaults alice until yeah. she kills his kitten to uh get away to save herself his pee-pee stained pants uh- <laughs> That's what the wardrobe designer referred to them as. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to be wearing pee-pee stained pants. Oh, um, <laughs> it is pee-pee, right? Who knows? He's not very clean. Yeah, would you, would you want to go in and do twenty twenty investigation with UV light <laughs> and determine what these UV light? Are? No, I don't. Uh, so I I don't know. I feel like he's really coded as gay through a lot of our early scenes with him, and then he turns into like an attempted child rapist. Well, master. is that not? Um, and and that's the question that I have: is how much of that is through the actor coming through the actor just himself and his mannerisms, and versus how much of that is also. A very historic, like that era and further back, and even when I was a child, a very historic example of the the trope of like just um, the gay pedophile, you know, as as repellent as that is. But that I think that could be what's happening with this character. Um, I got a kind of a, I fell into a K hole over Alfonso during this movie and after this movie. Um, so his name is literally Alfonso. <laughs> Alfonso de Noble, 
Um, and there's not a lot of information about him, except he was in three films. Uh, this was, I think, his first one. He went on to do two more. He was only, like, 29 in this movie. He died two years later at the age of 31. Um, I guess I some I, there's not a lot of information on him, but he one of the directors of the last film that he was working on said that I guess he um, ended his life after an image went out of him like stuck in a turnstile in the subway. And I just thought that was really sad, but he seems like a really fascinating person. He was a bouncer at a gay bar in New Jersey. And I'm like, okay, I'm convinced this guy was gay, right? Uh, he had, he, according to, I guess there was a podcast out there that did, uh, an episode on Alice Sweet Alice. I can't remember what the podcast was. I should be able to source this, but I'm not right now. And they said that they found that he did also, apparently there was a record somewhere of him being married to a woman named I.H. Chang. Uh, but when he died in the obituary, there was no reference to her, to a wife. It only sort of sourced his aunts and uncles as being his survivors. But what was most interesting was that, and Alfred Soul says this on the special feature, on one of the special feature documentaries on the Arrow re-release, but uh, he would dress up as a priest and impersonate priests in cemeteries, and he would go up to grieving people and, like, ask them if they wanted a prayer in memory of their loved ones, and then he would, like, ask them for a tip after that. And so he would, like, kind of, reli- <laughs> like, this faux religious grifter, and he did that to Alfred Soul as Alfred Soul was at his father's grave. And then he just remembered this guy, and he said he was such a New Jersey character that everyone knew between that and his, his, his work as a bouncer. Huh. <laughs> that he wrote this role for Alfonso. Um... So I be- I honestly, like, I think of him now and it kind of activates, even though he plays this man who tries to sexually assault a child, it acti- his, he himself activates, like, a warm heart place for me. And I'm like, okay, I see you, queer elder and queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I think the gayness is just, comes through in just how he was. Well, I think it's it's definitely his mannerisms, but also just this guy listening to his classical music with all of his cats, fanning himself and calling himself Mama. Literally, when that, he says, yeah. when he like he has his first interaction with Alice, and they're both awful to each other, and then he goes inside to eat the cat food on the yeah. bed with the cats, and <laughs> yeah. says, "Are Mama's little bag- babies hungry? I know Mama is." And I was like, "This is a." Ken Burns documentary on my life. <laughs> it was straight up, uh, I, I felt seen in mm-hmm. that moment. And then I said, I am this man. And then I realized, oh, wait, no, I don't want to be this character. Because <laughs> right. he also does awful things. But he really stood out for me. I really appreciated him in this film. Yeah. But definitely adds a whole other layer of just sleaze. And what the fuckery? <laughs> Yeah, the whole movie. It's like Alice comes from a broken family. Her parents have gotten divorced and uh, her father has remarried and is basically uh, benignly neglectful, if you know what I mean. He's just not really a part of their lives at all um, until he comes back for uh, Karen's funeral. Mom doesn't seem to be able to accept that this is the way her life is now and clearly favors Karen, the perfect Brooke Shields daughter, over her weird budding psychopath daughter. Yeah. 
(laughs) (laughs) So there's the sibling rivalry. There's the dysfunctional family. It's just everywhere you turn in this movie, it's just unpleasant. It's just drama and nastiness. And a kid like Alice just really falls through the cracks. You know, she's got a file that talks like they've the school has recommended that she see a psychiatrist and all of this, but her parents don't do it. And so it's like a kid like that is going to fall through the cracks and who knows how she'll end up. But at least she hasn't murdered anyone yet until the end when she absconds with Mrs. Trudoni's bloody knife. Mm-hmm. Is she just going to add it to her weirdo basement shrine or is she going to start using it? <laughs> I love any queen with a basement shrine with cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like that... I, I can see Alice uh, getting into animal murder pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. I mean, she already killed that cat. Yeah. Um. And that's the thing, is I'm like, I don't, while I don't agree with her choices in murdering the kitty. (laughs) Well, she did it to save herself. She did do it to save herself. You are absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. While I don't appreciate (laughs) the action, (laughs) uh, there's just something, I maybe, and I think a lot of it's probably her performance too, but I just loved her (laughs) as just this... (laughs) Solanus esque <laughs> terrorist, <laughs> child terrorist. Uh, yeah, but that and that ending where she ends up with Mistradoni's implements, the knife, the mask, the bag, the paper bag. I love this woman walking off to church with her paper bag full of serial killing gear. <laughs> yeah, but now that she has that, it does feel very like um, you know, baby Michael Myers or baby Daniel Harris at the end of Halloween Four, where it's like, and now this is, or you know, um, Friday Thirteenth, like when you get into four and five, like now, now Tommy's gonna be the killer. Mm-hmm. Like it's very, it's very proto that in terms of its relationship to slasher films and the sequels that would come too. This movie, I mean, Alice is traumatized through much of it um but her trauma is kind of ignored first of all because she becomes a suspect in the murders but then just her mother doesn't listen to her she doesn't feel that she can open up to her mother she tells a doctor that she started to menstruate but she doesn't confide in her mother alfonso has told her at some point like i know you killed your sister the dead have their ways she'll be back or whatever and so when alice sees mrs tradoni in the disguise and all that she thinks it's her sister like she thinks her sister is a ghost that's coming back to get her yeah and is actively traumatized through this and everybody's just like oh stop it alice and then they lock her up in the institution for a while (laughs) yeah she has to hang out with cops she has to go in an institution she has to deal with her mom hating or she thinks her mom hates her uh her aunt is accusing her and saying that her aunt or that she stabbed her and can't even look at her and just screams over her every like and this this girl is also i mean yeah she's a little maybe potentially budding sociopath but she's also grieving her sister she doesn't get any, any release from any of this. So by the end of the film, she is a product of neglect and abuse and uh, disbelief that she has been pushed into now. She will be the next Miss Stradoni. The fact that she ta- she passes that polygraph test <laughs> where she literally says the killer is Karen, Brooke Shields, because she genuinely is unwell. It's actually, the, there is a lot of, tragedy in this film yeah absolutely well even when karen was alive it's like clearly she was the favored child Mm -hmm. 
That's why I say when this movie is nothing but dysfunction. It's like a really honest and therefore unpleasant look at these kind of family dynamics and how kids can be neglected without being necessarily outright abused. Neglect is also abuse. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think I think alongside that, too, we also get the kind of a critique. There's a subtle critique of expectations and tradition. And, and I think that comes through with the Catholicism in this film. When it comes time for little Karen to have her first communion, it's her big special moment. She has her little veil, like I said. And Karen is off being murdered, but then who shows up to go receive first communion because she wants to be special? And you see little Alice there, and she's all excited and proud, and she has the veil now strapped to her hair. And then the aunt just, like, vitriol looks at her. What's she doing up there? She has no right to be there. And it's like, why? how can you say a child doesn't have a right to, to I mean, in terms of your belief system, to receive God? <laughs> like, because, oh, because she's a little bitch. Like, it's just, what? This poor girl. Yeah, absolutely. Kids can sense when they're not loved. Even yeah. when it's, like, uh, just the aunt giving her the stink eye or yelling at her all the time. Like, kids know how you feel about them you know absolutely and if someone lives their life and saying like you know nobody and nobody in my family loves me etc so my sister gets all the attention or whatever it's like how do you think this girl's gonna turn out Mm -hmm. and throughout all of this it's not just the death of her sister she's grieving then it's (laughs) literally all these other people in her life continue to be murdered she continues to get the blame for it Mm-hmm. When she's not being actively terrorized herself. Yeah, good for her. Pick up that bag. <laughs> Do the rest of them, man. Do the whole church. I'll give you a chainsaw and put on some party lights. There's also some incredible, I mean, besides Brooke Shields, we also get some really surprising appearances in this film. Uh, not only do we have Broadway legend Lillian Roth as the mortician. Yeah. <laughs> who's just like down there being fucking cool. And <laughs> yeah. like, I think her second to the last film role of her gigantic, illustrious career where people even played her and received Oscar nominations for playing her in the life story of her, of her life. Yeah. Um, That's we- why she gets... A miss attached to her name in the credits. Oh, isn't it so great? With featuring Miss Lillian Roth. Yeah. So good. I said, Miss, <laughs> sign me up. And then another legend worthy of life adaptations and Oscars and Broadway. We have fucking Sandy the Waitress from Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah. And I said out loud, why is she not the detective? <laughs> right? Sally Ann Golden, queen. I just love her. She's so good. Just standing there proud in her blue uniform and her orange hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so it is quite the little movie. It's the, it's a must-see, I think. I would definitely put it in that category. Visually, it's also, it's beautiful. The shots are gorgeous. Um, oh, the stairway, when Aunt uh, Annie oh, gets attacked in the stairwell, it's oh, incredible. The, I mean, the shot, like, so Alfred Soul, he even talks in the, in the special feature, one of the, the that, what, the documentary with him on there. He talks about how he didn't get along with the cinematographer. They had lots of fights. The cinematographer thought he was an idiot. 
But I guess Alfred Stoll was pretty uncompromising in his vision of what he wanted the shots to look like. And so he had ha- he had come, you know, he showed up with all of his storyboards ready. And he was like, I'm an artist, so I know what I want. And luckily he was able to get that all to happen. So we get these beautiful shots building up these scenes. And then, like, yeah, that stabbing, great gore. I mean, it's not really gore. It's just, like, orange blood. That orange-red blood, paint blood. Yeah. And a lot of it. And it's filmed beautifully. I love the retractable i I just there are few instances in horror in slasher violence of a retractable knife and that orange red blood looking so good (laughs) like when when the aunt gets dragged out from the staircase after she's been stabbed and it's raining and you see just that wet blood stain dissoluting like dissipating in the rain oh it's nice yeah, real good. I, I can't believe I sat on this movie for so long. Um, like I said, I had seen it, but now I feel like I've seen it all anew. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to upgrade again at some point. The Blu-ray, it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. I mean, Arrow always does a great job with those, but um, it just looks incredible. And, and it is so fun. It's so interesting to see also, I think, Kind of like my my reevaluation of Texas Chainsaws when I was a little bit younger, and going from VHS to getting to see these films released in like beautiful quality. <laughs> to some extent, sometimes with some movies, it feels like, well, I want the shitty version, but then to really be able to look at just the raw material that these filmmakers were doing and understanding, like, wait, Alfred Soul went from his first film directing a porno to this, this, like, it's really impressive. Well, it's uh, so it's so nice. Like, uh, I think Superstition is one where it's like the only oh, print wow. I had seen was so dark that I couldn't see what was going on in half of it. And then it gets, you know, like a nice remastered Blu-ray or whatever you watch. And you're like, oh, my God, there's stuff in this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> things happen. Things happen. That's why I'm still I still have my fingers crossed for uh a movie called Humongous. Oh. That I really like that I've only ever seen on a crappy copy where it was so dark you could hardly see anything, but I loved what I could see. And so I'm that's one I'm really holding <laughs> out for. I loved what I could see. I loved what I could see and it has a great vibe and it's I think it's directed by uh Paul Lynch who did um Prom Night, the original mm, Prom Night. Mm-hmm. Um and so I'm just like hear me blu-ray gods please do humongous it's got to be down the line i mean now we've reached the point where all these awesome distributors and boutique labels are really dialing into like the weirdo ones that we're all waiting for i feel like yeah like girls night out just is yeah just announced i couldn't believe that yeah so all the random slasher movies Mm-hmm. we'll see but now people don't have an excuse with alice sweet alice so there you go no, it's everywhere. She's a legend. <laughs> she's a queen. Uh, she is a terribly distraught, neglected child. Good movie. Yeah. Well, Stacy, are you ready to um, don your yellow rain slicker and your plastic mask and place your head on the chopping block? I think I am. All now right. That you, now that you mention it, I think I am. The 
chopping block. What is the chopping block? It's a, it's a, oh, well, (laughs) I guess we're not playing it. (laughs) Uh, It is a question and answer game as horror podcasts are wont to uh, play in which we present each other with three categories of horror trivia. We choose our category and we are given five questions that we have to answer within 10 seconds each. Um, Unless one of us calls out, I want the wig, in which case a wig made entirely out of Brooke Shields' eyebrows (laughs) magically descends upon your head. And it is sponsored by Latisse. Remember when she did Latisse eyelash um, prescription growth extension? And then... There was a rare symptom where the eyelashes, because they would grow so much, they would grow backwards out ah. through the back of your eyelids, and they would grow into your eye. Think I am about that. Expunging that from my memory. Think about that gift to uh, humankind no. that no. Brooke Shields gave us. No. Uh, so that descends upon your head. The head say goes, "What the fuck?" and is very confused. Uh, and earns you an additional 10 seconds to answer said question. But only that question. If you get anything wrong, you're done, just like um, half of Alice's loved ones. But if you get them all right, baby, you're a star. They're wow. gonna They're going to make musicals about you. Oh, okay. Um, I think I know who asks first. And I think it's me. Well, in that case, I know I must um, answer first. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. That feels yes. Feels yes. Yeah. Well, you have three (gasps) curated vintage (gasps) categories this week. Look at her turning straw into gold. That's right. These (laughs) categories are old because my braid was like bitch one thing we are not doing this week is thinking of questions stacy it's world war three you don't have an excuse (laughs) (laughs) uh so you have three old categories and you must choose these are categories that when they came up before you were like no way Oh, fuck. No, I'm not doing that. Are you oh, fuck. Gross. Gross. Get that category away from me. But now... <laughs> P-U. Yeah, P-U. Ew. As <laughs> if. But now you have to pick one of them. The first category is called Do Not Do. In this category, uh, I ask you a question. You give me the name of a movie that starts with the word don't. All the answers are movie titles that begin with the word don't. Oh, okay. But it's not like the, oh, didn't I do that one before? Like one where I had to name five movies that were don'ts? No. Like in the 60 seconds? That wasn't a thing? I don't think so. Did I have you do that? I'm having deja vu. My brain is broken. Okay. This is upsetting. Okay, Well, I think think that category (laughs) has come up a few times. Okay. Oh, Uh, God. This is just my dread. My existential dread from the past is now dredging right up. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, category two, beep, beep, boop, boop, <laughs> which is all about Gina Carano. I was going to say. <laughs> uh, no, actually, this category is all about uh, robots in horror <gasps> movies. 
Thank you for saying it like my dad says it. <laughs> uh, I ask you a question. You give me the name of a movie, a horror movie, that's got some kind of robot in it. Hell yeah. It's robots for the rest of us. Uh, Wait, I name the movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 What did you, you tell get, me? Do you describe them? I think I describe. I will cop to the fact that I describe these things very poorly. Yours are always like convoluted. And they like, are. Like you know, okay, walk through this labyrinth while you're on fire and all. And I'm just like, okay, but you explain it well, and you know what I mean. My essentially mine, I've realized, are generally I describe something, you give me the name of the movie. That's almost always what my category is and yet one i have difficulty describing it and two you act like i'm describing walk through the labyrinth while you're on fire because i could literally say like okay in this one i will give you the name of a movie you just give the name back to me and you'd be like wait (laughs) what wait so i'm giving you a I'm so used to traipsing the labyrinth that then something you this is everyone knows this about me the most incredibly simple thing I is beyond my comprehension. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then category 3 is clap for them at 7 which is all about nurses in horror movies. Oh yeah. Sometimes I want the name of the nurse, sometimes I want the name of the movie that they appear in. Oh yeah. So, your categories are Do Not Do, Beep Beep Boop Boop, and Clap for Them at Seven. You know, I really am drawn to Beep Beep Boop Boop. Uh, however, <laughs> however, and not just because I'm a secret Gina Carano stan, <laughs> I just can't get enough of that mess. Um, but that said, I distinctly remember you bringing up the nurses before and i distinctly remember me requesting that you bring the nurses back i love horror movie nurses and what better time to prove that i know nothing about them than right now (laughs) okay i think you'll get these i think you will i feel confident on your behalf well thank you that makes one of us there you go okay Clap for them at seven. You've got a wig. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) And you have got ten seconds to answer this first question. This icon survived Michael Myers twice and got killed by him twice. (laughs) Nurse Marion. Yes, ding, ding, ding. My queen. Question two. A nurse is boiled alive in a hot tub in which slasher film? Halloween 2. Yes! Dang, dang, dang. See? 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 These are easy. Okay, okay. Question three. They were scary in the video game, but basically a sexy dance troupe in the movie. (laughs) Where are they? Silent Hill. <laughs> yes, ding ding ding. <sighs> Look at these sexy, faceless husks. Yeah, but they got titties. <laughs> fossy, fossy, fossy. <laughs> husk, husk, husk. <laughs> ah, question four. See, you're gonna get all these. Oh my god! Oh my god! One of horror's greatest jump scares comes courtesy of a nurse wielding giant shears. In what movie? <gasps> 
Exorcist 3. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Oh, oh, that poor nurse that gets killed. <laughs> okay, this one, I don't know what oh. I mean in this question. What? <laughs> what do I mean? Uh-oh. Wait, what? This question, I will read you this question verbatim. Do I have to answer it? And then we will, well, if you can, you will absolutely be the queen of the chopping block for the rest of our lives. Wait, you just now realized you don't know what it is? Yeah, I have an answer written down. Here's the question as it is written. Okay. Remember dot dot dot, what movie was that? Um, still Alice, uh, <laughs> starring Julianne Moore. I don't know the year. I think I was supposed to describe the scene where the nurse happens. So I'll try to do that. Okay. Describe the scene where the nurse happens? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember, you wrote down your thought process. Remember dot, dot, dot. What movie yep. was that? Yep. I think that's what is supposed to happen is that I think... Now it's coming back. I got too late. I got too lazy to type it. You left a paper trail for your stroke. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Man, oh man. (laughs) Alice, sweet Alice, is a statement about the dissolution of the nuclear family. The chopping block is a statement about the dissolution of my brain. (laughs) I think I was too lazy to type it all out, and so I was just going to describe it. So okay. we'll we'll start over and we'll see if you can get it. If not, we will we'll see what happens. <laughs> What's the alternative? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you still have a wig. Okay. Okay. So, remember <laughs> Remember the scene where the kid is in bed and then the nurse comes in and she's like all sexy and she's like, "Yeah, oh, I want to have sex with you." Person and then she gets real sexy, and then she, like, uh, she kills him, I think. Or, no, she goes to kill him. Remember? What movie was that? Wait! <laughs> <laughs> is, that is that Elm Street 3? Yes! Oh! Oh! oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so sweaty! Ooh, me too! <laughs> Honestly, that should be a category yeah. where it's just remember wins, where it's just like you have asked, like, trying to, to remind me of a scene that happened something okay. in somewhere. Next, next episode, that'll be a category. Oh, do it. I will okay. pick it. Okay. <laughs> it's so it's good. It's a deal. It's a deal. Not to spoil whatever our next chopping block is, but... Holy shit. That's Woo. so funny. Oh my god, I won. Well, you won. Congratulations. Oh, that more, was amazing. More importantly, I I was able to honor the memory of these <laughs> important essential workers and caregivers. Clap for them at 7 everybody. Remember when we did that? Remember when we did that? God. 2 years ago. <laughs> 2 years ago, and that lasted for like 6 months. Yeah, well. And we said, oh, seven, but... It's like oh, a standing but... ovation. It can't last forever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but still, we also, just... we also all thought it would be over in two weeks. Yeah, right. So. 
Oh, God. <sighs> wow. Congratulations. That was Thank amazing. You. That was Thank great. Thank you. Um, well, uh, it was only, you know, that amazing because of how amazing you are. Yeah, the powers of uh, description that I wield. <laughs> <laughs> I think she kills him. No, wait, no. <laughs> then I was like, no, he comes back in the sequel. Anyway, he looked like Nev Campbell. <laughs> he does. He does. He does look like Nev. Anyway. Oh. Wow. Well, wow. thank you. Thank you for that. I will gladly place my head on the chopping block because it's sparkling clean because you won. Look at that. You don't even need to wipe it down with your... Um, my Mrs. Lysol wipes. Your Mrs. Myers. Uh, Stacy, I have two brand new categories <gasps> for you. And wow. one returning category. Your returning category is a little rude. It's previously on Gaylords, The Revenge. So this is that little, like, kind of uh, uh, obstacle course we created for each other uh, quite a while ago, in which I give you the name of an episode of our show, and then you have to try to guess what movie we talked about. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. Which, if this isn't a testament to our listeners and their abilities to put up with us, I don't know what is. Um, your new categories, your new categories, category two is the Gaylord Crumb Tinies. <laughs> <laughs> now, the Gaylord Crumb Tinies is about tragically dead children in horror films. Mm. So I give you a Edward Gorey-esque description of, in, in Gashley Crumb Tinies format, except it's not written very well or catchy. <laughs> and sometimes it rhymes and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> Still, um, though, look at what you did, and then I gave you an old category that didn't even have a question in it. And then you t- just described what you remember. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well. well, so you get a little half of a limerick. Um, are three of the names all starting with the same letter? Absolutely. But still, it's not an alphabet. But I describe the child. You tell me what the movie is that the child dies tragically in. Okay. And then your next new title or category is also known as, and this is about titles. So in honor of, you know, films like Alice Sweet Alice that were also originally released as Communion, I give you an alternate title, a year, and a keyword for an 80s horror movie. Well, most of them are 80s or close enough. And then you tell me uh, what the movie actually was, is best known as. Okay. So your categories are previously on Gaylords, The Revenge, The Gaylord Crumb Tinies, or also known as... I gotta go with these Gaylord... Tiny, tiny Gaylords. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> It's like little babies, like our, our Muppet babies. <laughs> Gaylord babies. <laughs> I gotta go with that one. I gotta hear these poems. So I will describe the child. You tell me the movie. Number one. J is for Julia, who choked on an apple. (laughs) The Haunting of Julia. Ding, 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 ding. God, that's a great movie. Where's that Blu-ray, P.S.? For real? What what evil British law is preventing that film from getting a widespread release? I know. That movie is so upsetting. So upsetting. Uh, Okay, Number two, C is for Christine, who drowned in a lake. 
Don't look now. Ding, 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 ding. Well done. Well done. Okay. Number three. This is another C name, but we'll, we'll just we'll just deal with it. C is for Charlie, allergic to nuts baked in a cake. But the real trouble came on a drive after she ate. Whoa! Hereditary! You went all out for that one! Thank you! Ding, 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 ding! (laughs) Okay, number four. Look at you! This one's also C. C is is for Claude, whose penmanship award brought him no luck. (laughs) The bad seed! Ding, 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 ding! Number five for all the gold. G is for Gage, who got hit by a truck. <laughs> Pet Cemetery! Ding, 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 ding! Well done! Wow, thanks! Look at that! We're winners! We're winners today! Isn't that nice? Is that nice? Well, that's a nice way to end the episode. Yeah. Uh, we will not be back next week, right? No, no, I am going to Hawaii mm-hmm. for work, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but I do get to go on a submarine. However, uh, Stacy has made fun of me because I did lament the fact that I would be missing the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion yeah. while I'm on my trip. Oh no, oh, I got a new phone for my Hawaii trip and I don't know how to use it yet. Oh no, I'm gonna miss... <laughs> A television show, because I'll be in Hawaii. (laughs) My God. I'm sorry. Phew. Well, the rest of us will be at home next week. Uh, But there will be no episode. We'll be back, I don't know, the week after, maybe, right? Yeah, we'll be back the, we'll be back on schedule the following week. Yeah. So in the meantime, you, if you... I mean, go a week without us for sure. But if you yeah. don't want to, you can go to our website, gaylordsofdarkness.com. You can watch the Necronomologue. You can listen to old episodes. You can find our social medias. You can do all that stuff. You can listen to other podcasts. I won't I won't be upset if they listen to other podcasts while we're away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're open-minded, cool, uh, progressive queens. Yeah, yeah. We're done um, with that. You could scrapbook. You could make a craft. Scrapbooking. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! god. Oh Oh my my god! Tune in next!